Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 203rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. We all matching shirts. How embarrassing. Yeah. Not planned, <laughs> Not by the planned. way. Not planned. Yeah, we just... We just did it i just wanted to address it yeah out we need, front. To, we need to get it out of the way yep it just get out of the way early some things you just want to address at the top some things maybe you don't address until the end of the show <laughs> i don't know what that's about <laughs> me either it's not like we forgot that yeah you know we didn't forget anything <laughs> we remembered um kyle what do you want to what are you how are you actually doing what do you mean <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing great. How okay. are you? Fine. What? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I just didn't know if we had any like banter or anything before we get into the meat of the show. And yeah. Sometimes I have to get to be pretty provoked a little bit. You know, you yeah. gotta, like ask me a, a specific question. To I, I can't. It would be forced, honestly. Okay. That's fine. So we can just move We on. all know why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- why we're here. Thank you. Uh, we're here to talk about SEC media days. Uh, and then any news relevant to Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball. Um, and then I thought of a kind of a fun little segment for later. We're going to do what we're going to do is give our, in our opinions, the perfect Mizzou football schedule. So if we were the ones sitting down making the schedule, who would we play in what order, what games at home, what games away, we'll give our lists and discuss. But before we do all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you use, and of course you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. You can support directly. There's different tiers for different perks. Patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Um, before we get into SEC Media Days, uh, there's a big announcement tonight, right? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, 9 p.m. Central. So it will have already happened by the time people are listening to this. Joshua Manning making his decision. It was postponed once. Kansas State, Mizzou, anybody else in the running? Mm, that's pretty – I mean, he's taken visits to other, like, regional schools like Arkansas, Iowa, I think. But, yeah, I think it's really down to Mizzou and Kansas State. Um you got a prediction for us? Yeah, I think crystal balls have been looking good for Mizzou. Yeah, good vibes for sure. Uh, the, I mean, the whole thing was uh, maybe uh, two or three weeks ago he announced he was going to announce his commitment, and it seemed like Kansas State was uh, going to land Josh Manning, and then uh, he pushed back his commitment date, uh, kind of late notice, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and definitely the information that seemed to be coming out from both sides was that Missouri was trying to kind of make a last-minute play, probably NIL-related, of course. And um, now here we are three weeks later, and it definitely seems like Missouri's the front runner. So I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but mm. Drinkwood seems to kind of pull uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat for sure, and uh, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, he tweeted a GIF earlier today of him, presumably him, waiting on something, mm-hmm. and we can assume it is this announcement. Yeah, 9 p.m., what do you think about that? <clears throat> That's fine. You get me awake? Yeah. In fact, we are going to record our reaction to the announcement and uh, give our quick reaction, our thoughts on it. Either way, either we'll be happy, disappointed, 
and we're going to publish that for the Patreon uh, supporters only. So if you want exclusive content like that, go over to Patreon. Um, it's not exclusive, though, for you to give us your prediction. Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard, yeah. I thought you were like talking to, like in the comments or something with yeah. that. It makes when literally you see this no after sense after it's at all. already happened. Yes. When, you, when it's already announced, <laughs> we'll, tell us who you think it's going to be. It'll be 100% correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Mizzou for sure. Yeah. Why not? Even if it was more of a toss-up than it is. We're going to predict the good guys. Not if it's 50-50, I will. Okay. You use your brain. I'll use my heart. <laughs> Both, in this case, are telling me Mizzou. For sure. Um, I wanted to also give a shout-out and a little bit of an apology to one of our uh, subscribers on YouTube. Uh, I thought I was just reading some random uh, like YouTube username, but our guy, Man at Arms, uh, he's producing content. He's in our comments, giving good thoughts, and he's making beats, yes, ladies and gentlemen, beats. and they slap. So his <laughs> full channel is called Man at Arms Slaps. And uh, yeah, I was checking his stuff out. Very cool. Yeah, if you see him in the comments, say hello. So uh, shout out to him, and uh, yeah, go listen to his uh, stuff over in his channel. Pretty cool. That brings us to SEC Media Days. And uh, seems like not as much in the news this year. Maybe a little bit more of a low-key appearance from Mizzou football. It was towards the beginning of the whole event. So, I don't know. I guess take it away. Do you have any uh, any thoughts or anything yeah. Uh, noteworthy? Yeah, I have a few thoughts for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just general thoughts on Drinkwitz and his performance. Uh, if you want to call it a performance, it kind of is. Uh, last year, he rolled in like super confident. He was chirpy. He was saying anything on his mind, which kind of seems like that's just kind of who he is. But, you know, we, he had a, he was coming out of a great year one at that time, thought he had the quarterback of the future in Connor Bazelak. Um, things were, I mean, not that things aren't looking up now, but things were really looking up after his first season. And I felt like his actions uh, reflected that almost to the extreme where it was like, all right, let's, uh, it was almost like let's tone it down a little bit and this year he toned it down a little bit and it was like let's you know let our talking on the field uh uh, let's our our performance on the field do the talking Mm -hmm. and um he was not you know quite as as chirpy as he was last year he was still himself but um definitely had a little bit different vibe so um yeah i think we got some good kind of nuggets out of sec media days about the quarterback situation uh, maybe the overall talent of the team and how coach feels about that maybe a couple of injury notes and stuff too so just kind of wanted to dive into some of those things yeah uh barrett banister martez manuel and isaiah mcguire were the three um players that represented good group mizzou yeah good group barrett banister he's 85 years old he's very wise <laughs> and martez manuel is kind of like you know the rah-rah guy yeah a local, true son true son and isaiah mcguire is about to probably blow up and be great this season so um, actually, before I get to the Mizzou stuff, I kind of wanted to just make note of one thing that Greg Sankey said um, about just the general feeling of the SEC. He just said that there's no immediate pressure right now to feel like they need to add more teams. Mm. They're kind of standing pat at 16, um, but also kind of added at the end that, you know, we'll stay nimble, though. And, you know, we're still answering the phones because teams are calling them mm. and saying, hey, what's up? So. You know, it sounds like probably for the foreseeable future, however long that is, next five years, next 10 years, maybe 10 years seems like a long way away. 
but it sounds like they're standing pat for now. But they're and that keep- could change in an instant, a yeah. month from now, exactly. Yeah. But they're they're keeping their options open. So, and he also mentioned what I, is that any is there anything there? Like we're good at sixteen, yeah, of course. Like you were good at fourteen, right? Yeah, I don't know. See, I think it's you're just, good until the right teams come calling. I guess, and the right deal is in place for sure. I don't know. That feels like kind of a nothing remark to me. Yeah. Not to. He said the SEC is in the strongest place it's ever been. Sure. Would you agree with that? Uh, I mean, just I wait till Texas I, infiltrates. I haven't been around the SEC that long <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, it seems pretty good seems, as far as I remember. Seems quite strong. Yeah. Actually, uh, this is totally random, but mm-hmm. I had growing up a random basketball that was probably like given to me like a hand-me-down or something that had all the SEC logos on it. And I had no idea who any of them were. I'm like eight years old. And uh, for some reason, I just remember having this basketball with the SEC logos. Wow. Like You don't even bun- know who Alabama is, Bunch of man, bulldogs on this basketball. Bunch of bulldogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple bulldogs. Um, that's awesome. Thanks. Do you still have it? No. It, I used it a lot. It got all worn out. Couldn't see any of the logos anymore. Yeah. Are you a baller, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Uh, okay, the other thing was there was a lot of talk about NIL, of course, and how it's just kind of like running rampant and there's no rules and all that stuff. We talked about that a lot this summer. Um, it just feels like the general feeling, even it just like it's weird because it's just openly talked about by, you know, executives and coaches are just all saying like, yeah, there's this thing and it's crazy and no, and there's no controlling it and we don't know what we're doing and we don't know how to stop it, but it needs to be stopped. It needs to be like trimmed a yeah. little bit. And that's basically like just everybody's just openly saying that like, yep, NIL is insane. What have we done? And it's just that's how it is now. And it probably needs some restrictions, but we don't know how to do that. So that's basically was the the general feel on, on NIL. Um, OK, so we'll jump into to, uh, Mizzou related stuff, some stuff that Trinkwood said in some like smaller Mizzou related circles. Um, and then we'll talk about what he said on the main stage. But something he said a little in the more private groups was that uh, this he feels like this is the most talented team he's had in his you know his third season but it's also the most difficult schedule that they've had so far um, they have five true road games um, in some tough locations obviously Kansas State is right off the bat second game of the year um, and then I think some tough SEC games on the road as well as really as that always is mm-hmm. but um, so he talked about the uh, quarterback situation a little bit he says he thinks there's enough talent at quarterback, uh, but he's kind of waiting for someone to show the team that they should be the starter. And he made that same comment on the main stage as well. So that's very much just seems to be how he feels about the situation, um, at least from a public standpoint, is that he's just waiting for someone to kind of show that they're the guy. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the way I hear that is like it's Brady Cook's job. That honestly, like if if you're looking for somebody that has the team behind him that's brady cook if you're looking for a guy that has built some relationships with the receivers and the offensive line and the running backs that's gonna be brady cook um and i'm assuming here that on the coaching staff from their point of view brady cook is a step ahead of macon at this point okay because that's kind of what it looked like was the case last year Mm -hmm. obviously he got a start when uh we weren't sure who it was going to be yeah so i don't know i feel like that's a 
It's a pro-cook statement, potentially? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that's how I interpret it. I don't think you expect the... Um, and, and we know that that kind of stuff is happening in the background. We know that Cook has the support of some of the offensive weapons, mm-hmm. and he seemed to have support from uh, the defense last year, you know, when he was thrown in there. Um, and I just can't imagine that, you know, you bring in a grad transfer and he's going to kind of usurp the um, the guy that's been around as far as with relationships and stuff. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I actually perceived it in a almost opposite way okay. where I was thinking Brady Cook has had a really long time to show he's the guy. And if he's still, if Drinkwitz is still saying something like this, like, yeah, I think we've got a group of guys, but I'm still kind of waiting for someone to stand out. It almost sounds to me like it's not Brady Cook because mm. he's had that opportunity for a long time and hasn't seized it. Yeah, I see that. But I, I would maybe push back and just say that he, even if he meant, even if Coach Drinkwitz had decided, he would still say something like this. Exactly. Maybe sure. he's almost like, well, I have a built-in quarterback controversy competition. I have no reason to let anybody know who the starter is going to be until like, you know, the day before the game, mm-hmm. basically. Exactly. And I don't think we will know until the day yeah. of the game, potentially, which yeah. is scary and exciting at the same time. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of touched on it. It does seem like Brady Cook has the support of the team. And he posted, you know, something on Instagram recently that said, he, you know, he, the caption was coming out swinging. Yeah. And it was a picture of him with, you know, celebrating with his teammates or something like that. And there was like some support from fellow teammates on, you know, in the in the comments and stuff. And I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I just am imagining a potentially strange situation if Brady Cook doesn't win the job. And you know, not that there's a revolt or something, but that there's maybe some hard feelings from some of the other guys on the team. It's you know, it, I feel like we could be entering some some potentially interesting scenarios. And that is uh, also just kind of like a classic fan perspective to have. Like even, you know, I feel like we are pretty good about, you know, taking in all the information, not overreacting to any piece of it. But that's still, I feel like the best we can do is sort of speculate on some of these inner team dynamics. Right. But those things definitely exist. But it's hard from the outside to figure out, you know, exactly how yeah, the tides our, are turning. We could definitely be completely overreading that. Um, okay, and speaking of Jack Abraham, uh, it seemed like a lot of the reporters were asking about him. Um, and Drinkwitz said that he he's a leader with great experience. He's basically been exactly what we hoped and thought he would be. So, um, yeah, it's definitely just an interesting dynamic, two pretty totally different situations with Cook and Abraham, for sure, and what they've done in their careers. I do get worried, and I think I've said this before, but I do get worried that if Abraham is, is named the starter, that there's going to be this like palpable disappointment among the fan base that I hope there will be know, some of that. Yeah. I promise. I mean, if they go out and win games with him and he's performing well, people will forget about it pretty quick, mm-hmm. I think. But uh, his leash in the fan base's mind is going to be extremely short. I agree. Okay, so moving over to the main stage, uh, this is Drinkwitz just kind of making some opening comments and stuff. He uh, basically just said, you know, he was talking about NIL, basically the same thing I said earlier, just it's going crazy. We need to kind of figure out a plan here for the future. 
He basically just said amateurism in college football is, is dead. It's and to call it an amateurism is his hypocrisy is the mm. word he used. Uh, so okay, <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure exactly what that means, but uh, no, maybe not perfect word. Maybe choice not there, perfect but word choice, but basically he is not an amateur sport anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you could say that's been the case for a while. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he's talked about Blake Baker, uh, the defensive coordinator, said that was an easy decision and the defense will be improved. Hmm. So is that the defense is better than the defense we had in the first half of last year or the end of the year? And uh, just honestly, <laughs> give me something just like what we had at the end of the year. Sure. It just let's not regress from that, please. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris Abrams Drain is going to be playing more cornerback than nickel this year. So that just tells me they're trying to get him on the field as much as possible. Obviously, if he's, um, you know, nickel formations are kind of like passing situations. So um, they want to do everything they can to make sure they're not limiting how much he's on the field because he's probably one of the best players in the defense. He's been getting a lot of love from um, like these professional grading services and, uh, you know, he's been on some draft boards yep. specifically for the position group. He's I've seen him on some top five defensive backs for the upcoming NFL draft. For sure. Yeah, Abrams Jane will definitely be one to watch this year as a guy who could uh, who could really um, shoot up draft boards and have a chance to make a lot of money in the next few years. Uh, and then this is just a super general general thing that I added, but Drinkwitz seems you – know, he's been very outspoken about um, uh, rivalries recently, mm. ma- making sure that rivalries are maintained and just kind of talking about the importance of that with, like, fan interest and all that stuff. So – he said that he is all for restoring rivalries with Texas and Oklahoma. So you would expect him to say that, but it's still, you know, it's exciting. And Sam Pittman, uh, Arkansas head coach, came out and said that, you know, he was asked, like, oh, if, you know, imagine you had a pod of four teams. Who would you like to see as your permanent rivals? And he just flat out said, uh, seems like Missouri, Texas, and Oklahoma would be a good fit. Yep. And so that's been speculated on, you know, as soon as when Texas and Oklahoma were just rumors, it was like, oh, okay, this kind of seems like it would make sense and i'm still i still don't love it but i can learn to love it mm-hmm. yeah another interesting thing that's like semi-related to that um is something greg sankey said as well is uh that ou in texas like made a good fit in the sec because of like mizzou's history specifically mm. with those schools and how they thought oh, you know i thought that was kind of random that yeah. they that he said that but kind of cool um that they you know apparently have been really considering mizzou and its history with uh some of those schools going back a long time yeah uh so that's pretty much all the like interview type stuff a couple of like injury notes were uh that kyron montgomery uh had another um, knee surgery but it just sounded like a really minor one he just had kind of a knee scope this time um he obviously tore his acl last summer and had surgery and maybe this might kind of just been a little cleanup um to follow up with that yeah that was like scary news at first yeah like that he maybe re-injured something right. but yeah it yes. sounds like it's not not it sounds like it's not a huge big, a huge yeah. deal he's gonna probably miss the first couple of weeks of fall camp and then hopefully be ready to go for the season but obviously Kyra montgomery is a guy that people have high expectations for and rightfully so he's mm-hmm. a uh, i think he's a high ceiling kind of player has really bulked up and might probably might play on the inside a little bit more than we thought he might um whenever he was a recruit so um, and then I think we already knew Hyron White was going to miss some time in the season. I think I can't remember. Maybe he has a shoulder injury or something, but he's kind of has dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, but will probably miss some of this season as well. I think that's it. Relatively quiet. I don't I'd know. say so. Yeah, I mean, you said uh, earlier that Mizzou going early, you know, it kind of 
for yeah. Mizzou fans. Like, do I really want to hear all these coaches talk about, you know, do I really want to hear 14 coach speak and try, you know, trying to give the media something, but not really give up too much. Right. It kind of, it's becomes the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Drinkwood said that, um, you know, this time he'd be a little quieter because he's one of the first ones to go Oh, sure. and he doesn't have any material to make fun of people for <laughs> about this time. I think it's honestly more just because he is, yeah. just doesn't, I don't know when I make an idiot of himself, but yeah. he was still pretty, uh, he was still pretty candid in like a interview I saw him do with Paul Feinbaum. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of goofing around and stuff. So he's, he was definitely still himself. Yeah, I guess that's the opportunity to kind of keep it light, not take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. He seems to enjoy those opportunities. Yeah. All right, that's SDC Media Days. Um, still feels like a long way till game one, but it's, I mean, basically a month away. Yeah, I feel like SEC Media Days is always kind of like that first just like bite of like real content and just seeing the... I don't know. It's something about just like seeing the media people that you recognize on the TV again and stuff. It's just like, okay, I haven't seen these, you know, these SEC people the in a while. Packages the graphics packages and all that kind of and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. All the coaches and like, okay, I haven't really thought about these people in like nine months and yeah. you know, it's, it's getting real. It's yeah, around it the kind of, uh, for me, honestly, mentally, it helps me like turn the corner from last season to this season. Yeah. Even spring, spring ball, even the spring game honestly doesn't do that for me as much as um, SEC media days and For then sure. transitioning into fall camp. All right. So, um, let us know your thoughts about media days. If you want, uh, if there was, um, something you noticed maybe from one of the other coaches or anything you f- thought was interesting, uh, let us know in the comments. I kind of thought there might be some like Jimbo Nick Saban stuff, but I don't, nobody really wanted to mess with it. Yeah. Nobody wanted to touch that. I imagine, you know, nobody wanted to be that reporter. The, yeah. I imagine there was maybe some like, a. I imagine that's our, that's our dinner. <laughs> Producer Cameron's bringing in. Um, I imagine there could have been some notes or something yes. like, Hey, maybe let's not focus on this too much. Yeah. All right, so we are going to lay out what we view uh, would be the perfect Mizzou football schedule. 12 games, 8 SEC games, and uh, we'll, we'll see what you guys think. And uh, if we missed anything, let us know. You, you laid out a few uh, stipulations Yeah. if you want to explain those things too. Uh, what were they? That we're, the team is good. Oh, yes. The team is contending. Yes. This is an imaginary situation where what would you want the schedule to be if Mizzou was considered decent to good uh, going into the season? And I was kind of joking, like, the media, I don't know what would have to happen for Mizzou to be, like, favored to win the SEC East or, like, you know, make the SEC championship game preseason. Right. Like, we'd have to be incredible, but... We'd have to stack some good years. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we're imagining we're like on the cusp of that. There's a little bit of preseason hype. We got some upperclassmen that should be contributing and uh, making an impact. So uh, there's an opportunity with the right schedule to make a splash, maybe end up in the SEC championship game. And for me, that is all starting out with a classic rivalry matchup that's coming back soon. And I have a starting out playing Illinois in St. Louis. Mm. I don't even know if there's a football stadium in St. Louis anymore. 
but we're going to build one just for this game. Edward Jones Dome is definitely still there, but I don't know if it's like operational. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, by the way, we did four non-conference games, yeah. eight conference games, and conferences like the SEC West, SEC East don't really exist. They kind of just picked and choose. And whether or not they actually made our final schedules, we're talking about an SEC where Oklahoma and Texas are a part of it. Yes, that as well. So... Um, I got to start now with a neutral site game against Illinois. Yeah, I got a away game against Nebraska. Okay. Kind of one of that classic uh, Big 12 uh, feel. Also, I kind of felt like it would just be dumb to make all my non-conference games like home or something like that. So I felt like Nebraska is a pretty like legendary uh environment like crazy fan base and um like well-attended games like no matter who they're playing so i just decided to uh to make that the away non-conference game to start off the year i have a home game against nebraska as the number two the week two game on the schedule wow um i don't want i don't want the mizzou fans to have to go to the state of nebraska i understand that so i say we have it at home and gives us a better chance to win. And when it comes to scheduling Nebraska, um, you know, in this imaginary perfect schedule, we just play them at home every year. Of course. Uh, I've got Illinois as my second game, (laughs) (laughs) and I just penciled that in as a home game, but I like your idea about, of course, playing that in St. Louis like I think they've done in the past. So if they want to resurrect the uh, Edward Jones Dome for, like, you know, one yearly game of Mizzou versus Illinois, that'd be pretty cool. Could you play... Uh, would it be possible to play a football game at Bush Stadium? I wonder if they could probably somehow make that work. Yeah, they've played in baseball stadiums before. Don't yeah, the like, uh, <coughs> I feel like the Raiders or somebody they like, have played in a multi-use yeah, stadium for a long time. You could probably figure it out. I've been to a concert at uh, Bush Stadium. That was interesting. That's true. They do host uh, lots of events like that. Mm-hmm. I say let's lay a football field let's down do there. Yeah. All right, Illinois and Nebraska and. Uh, either way, this Mizzou team, in this one year of this schedule, those are both wins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Start, sorry, producer Cameron. Starting off 2-0. and uh, Then I've got us going into SEC play. Maybe, I don't know how bye weeks work, whatever, but I've got us going into SEC play right here at the third game of the season. And it's a tough one. But this is how we could really make our name this season. If we weren't ranked preseason, this is going to do it because we're going where we've had luck before on the road at Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a that's a tough game, right? Starting off SEC play, but I feel like we've done that a few times. Like Georgia's been our first SEC yeah. game. Um, I have got us easing into SEC play okay. for my third game. We're going to but we are on the road against Kentucky. Okay. Um, speaking of Kentucky, this I forgot to bring this up earlier, but hmm. um at SEC Media Days, Martez Manuel brought up that uh, he hates Kentucky more so than Arkansas, personally. Okay. Uh, because, I guess, you know, he has some, like, maybe Kentucky was the first start he ever had, and they lost that game. And mm. then he uh, brought up the, like, untimed down game with a PI call in the end zone and that yeah. kind of stuff. And uh, so there was, like, a little actual, some back and forth between some Mizzou and Kentucky uh, people on right. Twitter this week. So. Well. We gotta be we gotta be Kentucky this year. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Yeah. And in this very fake scenario, we gotta be Kentucky yeah. on the road. All right. Uh, and you know whatever happens the rest of the way, Georgia they were preseason top ten in this imaginary scenario that I'm concocting, and we just knocked them off at their place. 
and uh, but that's not going to look as good as at the end of the season as it is right now. But okay. but we're hyped that's right fine. now. We just went on the road and knocked of off Georgia. Did you did you factor in a bye week? I didn't. Sort of. I'm just doing games. Yeah, don't worry good. about weeks. There could have been a bye week right there before the Georgia game. Okay, I don't sounds know. good. Um, <clears throat> game okay, number four. Yeah, who's your fourth? I've got us at home against South Carolina. Okay. That's, for me personally, one of my favorite quote-unquote rivalries since Missouri has joined uh, the SEC. I feel like there's just been some really classic games yeah. in this short amount of time, and it seems pretty even. And... Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to upset too many people by saying I feel like South Carolina and Missouri in recent history, uh, comparable programs. Yeah. You know, I would say so. Yeah. That's, I, th- I think that's a good, that's a good rivalry. Uh, just, yeah, kind of similar programs on similar trajectories and yeah, we've had some, had some great games. Oh, by the way, this, my schedule is quite uh, a gauntlet. Yes. I mean, it is a tough schedule. <laughs> this is uh <laughs> this is a gauntlet for sure. Uh, my fourth game is again another away SEC game at Tennessee. Okay. Um, I kind of tried to put some of the maybe like easier teams in air quotes on the road. Uh, Tennessee, as much as I hate them, uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty famous and iconic stadium. I've never been there. Would like to maybe someday. That might be kind of a cool little trip someday. If, yeah. Uh, if we think Missouri's gonna win. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my fourth game. Okay, easy dubs, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Home against absolutely. South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can't have them go undefeated even in this imaginary situation. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna actually say they get upset by South Carolina. They they were still celebrating the Georgia win. Wow. And uh, we'll see if it comes back to haunt them later. Okay. Uh, am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be doing win loss on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. We've definitely won every game so far. I'll, just okay. I'll do that. So then I'm giving us back-to-back home games. Uh, after we, after the disappointing loss against South Carolina, we host Oklahoma. Because they're in the SEC now. And I'm guessing by the, you know, I'm, I'm down for that. Okay. We're going to have Oklahoma yeah, back at uh, Faroe Field. You know, we all remember 2010 college game day, returning yeah. the opening kickoff. You know, historic moment, longtime rivalry going back to the Big 12. Missouri not on the good side of that very often. Um, I'm going to say that we bounce back and get the win at home against mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, I'm going on a similar trajectory here as you. I've got as my fifth game a home game against Texas. Um, you know, I think I tried to overall, you know, have some classic matchups, have some like, but also so, you know, that some classic SEC games. But yeah. this is definitely dipping back into that classic Big 12 game, getting Texas at home. Uh, and maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think their stadium's as iconic as some of these other SEC stadiums. So we're going to beat them at home. Okay. I kind of am along the same lines as you. I have Texas next. I have us playing at Texas because we're just going to go in there and win because who is scared to go play at Texas nowadays? Absolutely no one. And um, none of the the Mizzou players and coaching staff and everything, they're not scared of Texas. Mm -hmm. I feel like Texas back in the Big 12 days, that was like, I don't ever want to play them. We're just going to lose always. Yeah, all the uh, Mizzou guys are doing the horns down on the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just stomping them. Yeah, it's it's a Uh, beautiful sight. 
Texas sucks nowadays. They're not back. No, they're not back, folks. And we go on the road, and then it's like, okay, we're stacking wins now against Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, yeah. Like this. You're cruising. We're, we're turning around. That South Carolina game, way in the past. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I have to break it to you. In my sixth game, we lose on the road at LSU. Oh, yeah. Classic stadium, Death Valley. I've been there. I've told that story before. Mm -hmm. It's a great venue, uh, even when your team is getting beaten by 17 touchdowns or whatever it was. The people are going to be friendly. Darius Geis is running for 500 yards on you, and Laren Fournette is injured and still ran for like 200 yards. And um, Yeah, the people were friendly. Food's great. Um, even though we lost, and I just wrote a W, I meant to write an L, we lost. Um, but it's okay. We can recover from that. Yeah, understandable. Um, my next game is a home game against Florida. I like playing Florida. I think it's fun. Uh, we've had good matchups with them over the years. Um, I feel like Florida is like, you know, people might take offense when I say like we're at the same program level as South Carolina. Maybe we're slightly ahead of them. But I would say most people would put Florida ahead of us. And I want Missouri to be in that Florida tier of year in, year out. We're talked about as one of the, you know, being in the top half of the conference every single year. There's never, at least in preseason talks, there's never a doubt that Florida is going to be considered in the top half of the league. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want Missouri to be. So we're going to win a home game against Florida on my imaginary schedule. That's your. That was your sixth game. Yep. Okay, that's a big win. Florida is. That's just a classic SEC. That was my team. seventh game. Seventh actually. game. Okay, yeah. my seventh game is I'm gonna go. I'm gonna dip back into the non-conference uh, arena, and we're gonna we're gonna beat Kansas State mm. at home. And this was like, um, this was the fourth of four non-conference games for me to decide upon. I had like three like pretty automatic ones that came to mind, and then I was struggling with my last uh, non-conference game, but. Kansas State, I still think, is, you know, obviously that regional opponent that's mm-hmm. a big 12 foe from old days. So that's, that's still a really fun game, and I'm really looking forward to playing them in real life here in a, few, in a couple months. So, um, but, yeah, that'll be that'll be a win for this fake scenario. So you have a 12-game season against all Power 5 teams. That is correct. That's brave No cupcake. Well, there is a cupcake. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, okay, so you got a Kansas State, hmm. I don't. I wouldn't have them in my perfect. Uh, I don't have them in my perfect uh, schedule. That's not completely understandable. Uh, but the my now I'm dipping back into non-conference here as well. But I wanted a guaranteed win, so I actually wrote down SEMO because uh, I'm like, yeah, let's throw a FCS game in there. Be, you know, we're gonna have an FCS game. It's fun to see the guys uh, look superior to yeah. you know this and, FCS uh, team. And a lot of the SEC teams, like Alabama, they are playing their FCS opponent like way late in the season. Missouri's always Gotta playing rest, theirs early. Rest their players. Yeah, and I feel like it's like, yeah, let's let's schedule this late and kind of use it as an extra bye week and kind of get some guys, you know, back from injury and let people rest up. Okay. So I have I didn't go with SEMO though. Oh, okay. I have us playing Missouri State. Okay. Very good. Bringing cool. it back. Very good. At home, I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a home and home with Missouri State. <laughs> hey, old... easy, easy to go see. Yeah, yeah that's true. Old Bobby. We, we went. Marching in the Columbia. Uh, we actually went to Missouri State game yeah, last year when they were in game. the FCS playoffs. And 
the i mean everything from the you know bless their hearts over here in springfield with that stadium yeah <laughs> oh it's pretty bad everything stadium level of play yeah. i mean there's almost like um like a high school stadium element to it. it's like the you know super old school like concession stand and yeah. like mm-hmm. just like walking under the rafters and stuff to get yeah. to your seat and stuff it has a very like old feel to it yeah. like they haven't updated it very much you know haven't really had a reason to true but uh yeah a quick side note on that also obviously bobby petrino is uh coaching at missouri state if you didn't know that uh we were sitting pretty close to the field and he was kind of like hovering over to the team just like screaming at them like Cuss the words. offensive line he yes. laid he into was them. so mad at them and he'd kind of just like say whatever he needed to say and he'd kind of like walk away and then he'd just kind of like float back and say something. he like horror. remember something else that yes. he needed to scrutinize just like, yeah. he came like say some other horrible things to them and we were just could hear every word it was yeah. hilarious i honestly i wanted to be like after he left i want to be like it's okay guys, it's okay, guys. Like, <laughs> you can do it <laughs> like, give him some encouragement yeah, holy crap goodness um anyways yeah bobby's gonna get gonna get slaughtered in columbia yeah. this year for sure sorry about that missouri state um my eighth game is on the road at florida perfect classic sec matchup in a pretty cool stadium yeah i agree with that uh okay so i i want to keep stacking wins in this imaginary schedule but we need i needed to add another road game here who better to play on the road than vanderbilt yeah Let's just mark it down as a win. It looks a little bit better because now you can say Missouri has now won three true road games against Georgia, Texas, and Vanderbilt. That's looking good for like maybe if there's like a selection committee that might be looking at Missouri. Uh, We're feeling pretty good. Conference road games are hard to get, but they're much easier if the opponent is Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I am currently 7-1. and Going into week nine, um, I I really liked your argument for playing South Carolina, and I didn't. I don't have South Carolina in my schedule, but I at the same time think that you did a good job with that. And South Carolina is a great opponent for like real life and everything. So yeah, and I agree with your takes on uh, both Kentucky and Tennessee. They didn't make my list, but they could have been interchangeable with uh, South Carolina or Vanderbilt. Yeah. So why I'm saying that, I guess is this spot I consider South Carolina, but I ended up going up, going with an iconic matchup against Auburn kind of a very prestigious college football program. It is at home. um, But I am going to have us losing this game. Hmm. Tough, tough loss. Yeah. I gotta keep it realistic, but, um, and Auburn's one of those teams that we haven't seen a whole lot in, since joining the SEC. Yeah, and every time we've played them, we've done pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Ugh, that SEC championship game. Yes. Oh, man. Still have nightmares. The games to have back. Trey Mason. Uh, so you already covered this, but I have a week 10. Uh, I've got us going on the road at LSU for all the reasons you said, and we're losing that game. Wow. So that's a little bit of a heartbreaker, but after 10 games, we are 8-2 and two right there. We have lost two conference games, though, but we're right there in contention. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're ranked, you know, maybe oh, 15th yeah. or so in yeah, the polls. Yeah. Looking yeah, we're good. looking good. Yeah, we're looking good, but uh, I've got three games left on the schedule. We've got to make kind of a, a good stretch run here. Um, my 10th game is a rivalry game against Arkansas at home. Okay. And that's got to be a win. Oh, yeah. We don't lose to Arkansas at home. Uh, I've got... At home against Arkansas for game 11. Okay. Second to last game of the year. Yep. We're playing Arkansas. 
We yeah, get the I trophy guess, with the two states on it. Yeah, I guess this wouldn't line up with a Black Friday game, but no. yeah, it doesn't have to be. Definitely They're doesn't. They're forcing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're ma- this is... Where our Ar- this is where Arkansas and Missouri should meet in real life. Yeah. This isn't a forced rivalry. Right. This is, we don't like them. We're going to play them. We're going to beat them. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to make a huge deal out of it. No, and we're going to take home that trophy that looks like it probably weighs 75 pounds. Yeah. Put the gold thing in the borderline. Absolutely. Throw the red one in the trash. Absolutely. You'll never need it again. Yep. All right. My second to last game of the year is a showdown at Arrowhead versus Kansas. And this is the cupcake I was telling you about. Yeah, okay. Of course. So that's an automatic win. Um, That's probably what – that's the game you circle on on the schedule, man. You're going to Arrowhead. You're going to restore an old rivalry against a team that wouldn't beat you if you played 100 times. Like, there's nothing better than that. I'm really intrigued what your final game is going to be because my last game of the season is a matchup with Kansas in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That's hearkening back to, obviously, the Saad Reesing game. Just puts up a smile on my face just La- thinking about last it. Last game of the year. There's nothing better than putting the cherry on top. Unfortunately, I mean. It's like they're out of the, I mean, they're winless anyway. Yeah, take it's it or leave like, it. It's not going to have that same right behind just it. killing them for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Just having fun with it. And right? just kind of riding off into the sunset. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I think that's the only reason I put it 11th. You know, sure. just I didn't want to end on a non-conference game. Uh, but I still wanted to put that at the end of the year. My last game is for the SEC championship at home versus Georgia. Mm. Okay. That would be biggest game ever. Yes. Jeez. Yes. Mm. And we win, of course. Okay. We beat Georgia of course. at home, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, we beat him on the road. We beat him on, on the road. Yeah, yeah, we, we can... beat him on the road just you know, a couple months before this, so we'll beat him again at home. In an alternate timeline. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I like uh, I like Kansas as the last game because I feel like Georgia um, Georgia's always playing Georgia Tech. Florida's always playing Florida State. Um, somebody's playing Clemson, mm-hmm. you know, in the last right. last yeah, game South of the Carolina year. Does. Yeah, there's those interconference uh, matchups there, so I threw Kansas in there. Okay, Very it good. always I always feel left out when we're playing Arkansas and everybody else is playing their like regional actual rival. non-conference rival. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should say this is for the regular season sure. SEC title, of yeah. course. And I mean, if I was gonna, if I was gonna hypothetically pick the uh, SEC championship game, like the actual play, like playoff style game, I'd probably pick Alabama. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're ever going to be, if if Missouri is ever going to be accepted as legitimate in the SEC, that you could not deny Missouri in the SEC if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Real life, potentially, probably, maybe, never going to happen. But yeah, that yeah, would, be, that would shut everybody up. Sure. Neither one of us had Alabama on our schedule, but... You know, I, I only want to see them in postseason play. I feel like the 2014... Yeah, exactly. 2014 SEC championship game, I mean maybe i'm selling for mediocrity here but i feel like it wasn't like awful no it was not terribly competitive by the end of the game but well and and i mean you're playing against like a team full of nfl guys it's just it's i mean it's the stakes so weren't there like they were the year before right. either. i don't think the team was as, mizzou wasn't as good i felt yeah. like in 14 right well i mean they were going into the sec championship game ranked like 17th or something 14th right. or something yeah what a strange year that was i literally 
watched them lose to uh, Indiana. I mean, too. Then, yeah, we were both at that game. And then uh, we, just, you know, I thought, I was like, well, okay, well, yeah. there goes the season. But, but you can do that. You can lose a non-conference game exactly. and still make the championship. Yep. Um, yeah, and that sounds perfect. For some reason, I specifically remember, like, Amari Cooper and, like, A.J. McCarron, I think, was maybe still there in 14. They were just carving us up, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I think the final score was something like 42 to 13. Yeah, maybe it was worse than I remember. Yeah. Well, it felt I like... I was just proud of the boys for fighting their, yeah. fighting their best and yep. doing, trying their back hardest. Back-to-back back, back to back SEC championship game appearances. Yeah. That's pretty be, pretty so, nice. I'm be proud of. Uh, I feel like Florida was in that same boat not too long ago where it was like they're not playing for really anything in the yeah. postseason they're just going to get rolled by alabama they won like two or three sec champion sec east championships there like you yeah. know four or five years ago before georgia became like invincible yeah kind of weird to think about all right so uh those are our schedules shockingly not shockingly very similar but how can you not have illinois nebraska and kansas yeah those, those are, are like automatic man that that would be honestly that's t- there's no reason why they can't have those on the schedule right and it feels like we're getting back to that it's yeah. taking decades but we're eventually going to get back to that yeah yeah illinois uh right around the corner kansas hopefully right around there too yeah never we thought we'd play back. kansas in basketball before we played them in football that's pretty bizarre it's unfortunate for mizzou like mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah all right, so if we forgot anybody, uh, I, who would I, – I really had trouble trying to find a non-Power 5 team that kind of would be fun. I was just thinking back to teams we played in the past, like Arkansas State, you know, some of those that are kind of regional. Uh, so if you've got a good one there, let us know. Yeah, and if there's a good, like, fourth non-conference, like, Power 5 team, I, I, my mind was Kansas State, but I yeah. feel like there, there's a ton that you could sub in there that would be that would be fun too. Yeah, it don't, yeah you don't want to – seems like yeah you kind of want to keep it in the recruiting ground a little bit um i mean you kind of were joking about this before we started recording but we did have some fun games against arizona state we had like a yeah. home and home with arizona state both those games were great yeah it's kind of random though yeah probably don't need to play purdue anytime soon again probably don't need to play boston college anytime soon again yeah but uh, yeah let us know who you like for non-conference there um so that's our perfect mizzou football schedule um games are right around the corner yeah and uh just made my heart flutter a bit (laughs) just give me the butterflies yeah this is i don't know the next like we're not quite there but we're coming up on maybe my favorite stretch of podcast episodes Mm -hmm. where we preview the players preview the schedules do seven on seven draft y'all are gonna make me say my favorite time of year Mm. Say, I mean, like fall camp is literally like a couple weeks away. Like we're, we're getting close. Hopefully the weather changes. I think I saw on like my little weather app that like maybe like in that the very last days listed, whatever that would be, Mm -hmm. nine or ten days from now, are like low nineties, upper eighties. We need it. That sounds nice. I saw maybe a little bit of rain in the forecast. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's all for this week. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groflo, and Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We love you. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. 
You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, missourisportspod.bigcartel.com. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.